how do you know you're not dreaming this interview, right. just like technically, right. dude? Right. I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm not dreaming this interview, but yeah. for all practical purposes, I've had enough waking experiences that I'm pretty damn sure this is one of them. Yeah, and I feel the same way. That's with one of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, here I am. Here I am. It'll be a mind without a body floating in right. the universe. <laughs> Delivering only excellence. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Delivering only excellence in any medium. All we're supposed to do is be in our lives, at our time, as we are right now. That's all it is. You, you, it's so simple. It's so simple. And, and once you feel that, then it feels right. It's just that you, you just occupy your time with, you know, uh, pursuits that you you find to be enriching or that you feel like uh, are, are something worthwhile. That's it, you know, and, and and even if you're not, even if you're a, a damn like factory worker welding something, and who's to say that that's not an enjoyable pursuit? Because to some it might be, but even if it's not, and that feels like enslavement, you know, even then you have to still be in that moment and accept it for what it is and enjoy it. That's the thing. Even in moments of illness, even in moments of of you know like whatever, you got to be in that. I had I was in a funk for the last few days. You know, I got back from this tour that I did with my guest today, Dessa. The f- the first few days back from tour are always weird and jarring, and, and I'm I'm like, you know, what am I doing right now? And I think there's a certain feeling, you know, that I'm waiting for. And I had this long talk with Scott Fredette, uh, my friend Skipper. Last night, and it, this really jumped me back. I think into into life is is um, you know I, I think when I get back from tour, I'm like still waiting for this sort of approval of people, as if I should have you know every night at, at uh, nine forty five or ten fifteen, I should have a throng of hundreds of people staring at me and and clapping for me, you know, and that is something that can leave me feeling perhaps incomplete when I don't have that. Now that's that's weird to admit, but like I think there there is something to that, okay? And 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 me feeling like I need other people for validation. Maybe that's why I went into this field in some way, you know? Um and or or feeling like, you know, or, or if I'm not that, then I got to sit and like surf on uh okay Cupid or some shit, which is a uh a pointless pursuit. You know, you look on there and you, you, you know, you have like in your mind somewhere, I'm going to admit it, that, that, you know, maybe, just maybe one of the, somebody's going to pop up in there and that's going to be the person that you can love, right? Uh, now that's unrealistic. We all know that, but it happens. You know, I have friends that it's happened for. It's worked out. Awesome. You know, so that, but that pops in your head. And that's another thing that, that it's like rather than, me being satisfied where I am right now, because I have so much to be grateful for. There's so much in my life that is so awesome, you know? Um, 
and, and that's not even to color something, one thing awesome and one thing totally uh, bogus or whatever. That's just to say that things as they are, if you really think about what's going on here, I okay, here's, I'll fess up. I've been watching Cosmos, uh, and that's got me, that's really got me on this uh, metaphysical, astrolo- astronomical, astronomical, not astrological tip uh, of just feeling like a very small part, but a part of something, feeling very connected, feeling like uh, I am in a place, in a time, and that it's a very small place in a very small amount of time in relation to the infinity of things. If things are infinity, who knows what things are, you know, or if there's multiple infinities, different universes, different pools. I, I don't know if you, you uh, read The Magician's Nephew uh, in the series Narnia by one C.S. Lewis, but you'll about the going in and out of the different universes worlds or something that's what i remember maybe that was the cover of the book wow do i sound manic today i do sound manic today but i'm not i'm not i'm i'm level i'm level i'm just i'm putting on the the excitement for the podcast right gotta do that but no i'm i'm level i'm level i'm chill i'm chill i've just been setting up my eight track today Uh, i got a friend coming down here one serengeti to work on some shit in a few days, and I want to have my, uh, he's all, he always wants to do everything real, real analog and real simple. That's his thing. It's like, no, 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 let's just do it real simple. And I got to appreciate that. I'm hearing some noises downstairs. If I have an intruder, you don't really get a midday intruder. That doesn't generally happen at five in the afternoon. Somebody just, I mean, yeah, it happens, but you know, I don't expect that. I'm not expecting that. I should be expecting that. I am expecting that. If you th- if you're listening right now and you know where I live, yeah, there's uh, I got the shoddy on the body at all times, hottie. Drinking a hot toddy in the fucking bathtub with John Gotti. Uh, that's bad. Anyway, and anyway, enough of that. My guest today is Dessa. Now we just went on this tour with her and her band. Lovely people. Everybody was super cool. And the tour was smooth. It was a smooth tour. Nonetheless, like I said, when I get off it, I always feel out of sorts and weird. And why is no one applauding for me? And and all that. And that's, you know, okay. But it was a great tour. They, they, man, what a, what a lovely bunch. Great performer. Really almost reminds me in a way as a performer of Astronautilus in some ways. Because very, very like skillful at controlling the audience and you know pointing them in the right direction just has the audience in the palm of their hands kind of thing those are skills that I don't exactly have I'm more like oh you're staring at at a weird introvert doing whatever the fuck he's doing but these are people that are very like you know outward and, and very good at it so yeah it was smooth I would do it again I would do it again for sure um not really anything else for me to say. I think we should just get into this conversation with Dressy. Okay, I'm sitting here in uh, Pittsburgh. I almost said New Jersey. Pit- More or less New Jersey. It feels like it. Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania with Dessa. And I usually say people's government name right here, but I'm no, not. No, we're not going to. By the, by the look <laughs> on your face, when I said it the other night, uh, I am going to refrain from that. That's the best part about hip hop. Is that you get to hide your identity. You get to name yourself. Right, right. 
Did you? So do you see your life as like pre-Dessa and post-Dessa? You know, all we're doing now is creating Google searches. All the people are doing right now. Like, my legal, my government name is Margaret Wander. You didn't have to say that. But they're all, they're all, everybody's on everybody's their smartphones. Cur- right. Um, no, you're right. But I never, I never dug that one, so I never went by Margaret. Went by Maggie when I was a kid. And okay. then as a teenager, I went by Dessa to sing at like karaoke bars. So I didn't get busted for singing in a 21 up bar when I was little. Oh, interesting. So did you, did you grow up with singing and stuff like that did you did you were you in like church choir or something i was not a church kid but um my mom was a really good singer which i think provided some of like my informal training and singing just singing to the radio with her but also discouraged me from pursuing it vocationally did she have a career in singing or she She, just did it she just did it and then i was like okay well it would make no sense for me to try to become a singer because in a sample size of two Right. I'm the least talented singer, like, in the kitchen. I see. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, if I'm not even better than my mom, like, it probably wouldn't make a lot of sense to try to do this as a so job. when did you realize that actually you like did my, have talent? And my mom had a banging voice. Like, <laughs> yeah, my mom could yeah. do Whitney note for note. You know, she was not standard mom style. Right. Um, I would say I, f- I first felt, like, more confident as a, as a writer, and then... I was the cheapest singer, singer that I could hire. So it was like that. But what but yeah. you were going to karaoke as a teen. Sure, that's true. That's true. I mean, I feel like the amount of talent you think you have to like rock it at the dive bar, though, is really different than yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to make this my life work. Sure, sure. You know? What were your go-to songs, though, if I may ask? Okay. Did you have, I mean, I did, did you have heated I, numbers? <laughs> I did, and they're, they're so, so silly. Um... One of them was the, uh, what is her name? The Gwen Stefani. What's her group? No Doubt. No Doubt. Sunday Morning. Oh, how how does that one go? On Sunday morning, I should have made the changes yesterday. Listen to that. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) That was beautiful. On changes, the way that that was like, (laughs) changes. I can't even do that. Um, But... Uh, so is that the kind of music that you grew up listening to too or, or what? yeah I had sort of like a <clears throat> I didn't have a very deliberate set of musical influences my dad was a musician but he played like um, old classical guitar stuff like Elizabethan era type stuff and some Spanish guitar Did they, were they together when you were growing up yeah they okay. were until like 14 okay um, and then my mom listened to you know pop on the radio and, and some like belting diva type chicks you know so so Whitney and um, she listened to oh, I think it was like a lot of Michael Jackson at home, but we didn't have like uh-huh. a huge like really deliberate curated. Right, it was more like whatever was out and on on the radio. Yeah, like whatever was out and on the radio or three hundred and fifty years old. Like that's what we listened so, to. So and did, did your dad get, was that his job playing For, Elizabethan yeah. shit on a what a lute? What, yeah. What Really? Yeah, well done. I mean, and then he had two kids, so okay. I, I helped, I helped put that down. But yeah, he he used to tour a little bit as a, as a lutenist, and okay. and he would transcribe the old works into like modern notation so that people who can read could play them. Wow. Was he? Is he like? Is he weird? Is he, yeah. Yeah, he's weird and like. How a, did you know I was gonna say that? I was inching towards that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. He is weird, but in a, he's functionally weird. Like okay. he's he's the kind of guy you could meet him at a dinner party, you know, and he's totally like entertaining yeah. and, and with it socially. He's yeah. and he showers. I mean, you know, he's like a functioning human being. But I remember once I went over to his house, and it was right after he had discovered sailing, and he really likes like physics. And he doesn't have any. He didn't have any bookshelves at the time, so all the books were just lining the um, the floorboards of every room. Okay. And he didn't hear me knock, and I came in, and he was reading a book. And I was like, Dad, 
dead. You know, I'm here. It's whatever. It's two. And I look in the at afternoon. The, yeah. Yeah. And I look at the cover of the book, and it's emergency dentistry. <laughs> And I knew why he was reading this fucking book. He was about to pull a tooth? Yeah, because he was going to sail around the world in a sailboat. So I was like, okay, why is my dad learning how to take out his own tooth? Okay. So I was like, dad, we're going to talk about this Magellan shit. You know? I don't... You're not... Let's talk about this before you head out. Did he do it? He hasn't. Okay. I don't know if he's going to or not. But I remember just But this was fairly recently? A few years ago. uh, Two or three years ago. But he's been sailing farther away from home since then. You know? So the idea of, like, you buy a boat, other motherfuckers then buy, like... You know, a martini shaker. Right. You know, and my dad's like, well, right, or a is- car or something. And then- yeah, or like I'm going to go out on Saturdays and have a, you know, and have lunch with my with my lady friend right. on this boat, and we're going to have a good time. And my dad's like, well, you know, I think I figured out how to survive a water spout, and I'm learning how to take out my own molars, that kind of shit. So, but can you get to large bodies of water from? I mean, Maybe. you're on. I guess Great Lake, right? Or there was one near there, anyway. Yeah, we're we're right on Lake Superior, but I wouldn't be surprised if if he does try to circumnavigate the Earth in a tiny sailboat. Yeah, he'll probably pick a very strategic port of departure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. interesting. But you have you you have a relationship with him. He's a shit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think hard hard for teenagers briefly briefly run away, but. Um, you, ran, I, you ran away briefly. When, as it, what, at what age? Uh, I was fourteen, I think. Where, where'd you go? Oh, it was not. I did not have a very deliberate runaway strategy. Yeah. You know, I think first it was like stay with a couple of friends and realize like, you know, that's just going to get knocks on the door and police visits and stuff. So I cut off all my hair, dressed like a boy. Oh, you did. You okay? You got legit. A little. I mean, legit. It was like real. It was like. I'm good at catching things, but only after I drop them. So yeah. sometimes I'll get somebody going like, wow, you're super coordinated. But it's only because I drop so much okay. shit. So with the <laughs> runaway, I think I was forced to be like creative after I left because I didn't have a very good plan. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, I slept outside for a couple nights, you know, when I had exhausted other options. But, yeah. yeah. Why? Because of getting in fights with your parents? Yeah, I think... That I, was right when they broke up. I was also just a really, like... I really do believe that some people have like great circulation systems and some people are like trim and muscular naturally. And I just think I had, I had kind of a sad weather in my head. You know, I wouldn't want to raise a kid like me. I think it would just be tough, particularly for those years before I could figure it out. Yeah. It was just, I think you could have put me in any circumstances and I would have been a, had a tough teenage time. So. Okay. Okay. You just had, were you well adjusted? No, well, no, I, I, I think I had similar kind of like, uh, I never ran away or anything like that, but yeah, I think what you said about about uh, you know trim and muscular and <laughs> that that describes you. No, 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 not that, that not at all, that not at all. Uh, I was a fat kid, but I had the uh, the the stormy brain. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, did you do you feel like that went away with time, or you feel like you're st- you still kind of have that? Uh, the totally candid answer is I have it sometimes a month. Okay. You know, and those are the times when I write my songs. Those are the times when really? I, I okay. make rules that I'm not allowed to buy plane tickets. And Interesting. I'm not allowed to, you know. So you get deeply affected. I do, yeah. yeah. And, um, Very emotional. And, and initially, I mean, not like, uh, Right. I'm not like crying at AT&T ads. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's just like the world sort of recedes a pretty healthy distance. Yeah. And I'm... I'm less a part of it, and that can sometimes can sometimes lead to unhappiness. But it also leads to like the for me anyway the recognition of of connections that is the stuff of metaphor. 
Yeah. It sounds so. like that's a necessary time for you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to delve inward, perhaps. Yeah, and I th- initially I'd been diagnosed as bipolar, as, you know, and, and then... Um, and then had a great doc be like, let's let's sit down and talk this out. So, and you okay? And you yeah. figured out further that mm-hmm. it was not that. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So where? <laughs> Tight, yeah. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> where, where did the name come from? A book that I read. Um, gosh, that I haven't revisited. What the fuck is that book called? By Wally, it's a book by Wally Lamb. Wally Lamb. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that name, I never. Heard yeah, of yeah, and I don't know. I guess I'd never looked into know if that was a name that he named himself either. Okay. But yeah. probably sounds like. It sounds it. like I don't it. know. Yeah, but that was that was a character in the book. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was what was the significance of the character? Why did it hit you? I think it was as much aesthetic as anything. I really okay. liked the name, and then I found out later that my last name legally, which is Wander, is Dessa in Greek. So it felt like it was a neat fit. Oh yeah, it kind of works out. It mm-hmm. kind of works out. Okay, and. When did you did you get into? I know you just started recording, or at least uh, t- t- the world knows that you started recording like not so long ago, like five years ago, six years. Recording ago. records? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, like ten. Okay, so you 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 didn't put stuff out for a little while, is that? Oh, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah, it took me a really long time to go from like my debut EP to a full length. I think in part I just got gun shy. Like the debut, it was such a tiny. When did that come out? The EP. Two thousand four, maybe. Okay, okay, I see. Okay, but it was a really tiny thing, and then I felt like, oh shit, it it actually. It, it felt like it made a bigger wave than I had imagined that it might. So now I felt very much obligated to deliver something, and I and I, I that puts the pressure. I, on. I tweaked out. Yeah, I tweaked out a little bit. So I waited a long time until I was sure I had something that I liked and was proud of. Were you working on stuff like diligently through throughout that time? Not medium. I'm a really slow writer. I think I could win a lot of awards for slow writing. I um, write slow too. Oof. Yeah. So why, particularly because rap is such like you know fucking in the booth kind right, of scenario, right, right. it feels all get the her in the fucking booth. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No, you're right. Um, and editing isn't as much a like mainstay of this particular lane as it is in a lot of other mm-hmm. avenues. So anyway, I think I'm a slow writer, but also I was working on like some Doomtree collaborative records. So okay. the time that I was writing was um, was being asked to be divvied between at least a handful of projects. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. And and were you also working f- for the label at that time, like w- working on running it? Yeah, I mean, then it was more like, you know, when I first got in, you know, there was a lot of us, and we just, well, just sort of lived in the same garbage house. It was, we weren't like a label yet, it was just a group of friends, and like, how the fuck do we get the shit out? Let's go to Kinko's. So were you there, you were stuff. there at the inception of, of Doomtree? I was there a couple years afterwards, so like, they were a group, I'd seen them, I admired them, and um, hung out with them, but would never dare ask to be part Who of it. Who was at the very beginning? It was a dude named Beautiful Bobby Gorgeous, uh, it was a dude named Marshall Larada, P.O.S., Cecil Otter, uh, Laserbeak, Paper Tiger, a dude named E-Mind. Mike McLawn, Tom Servo, uh, Gene Poole was recording with us for a while um, before. I remember, I remember him from before, way back in the yeah, day. Before he went to jail. Um, he's out now, which is awesome. And uh, and then a fake girl named Emily Bloodmobile, who I didn't know was fake. I was like, what does that tight. mean? Oh, it was a it was a boy making a girl's voice? Yeah, it was like it was like POS's alter ego. Okay, and I was like, can't wait to meet Emily, man. I love her beats. You know, I was just an idiot. And then the last two people to be asked in were me and Sims, and we okay. were asked in um, essentially at the same time. In 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 oh what? 
I think 03. 03? I think 03. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, what got you from doing karaoke mm-hmm. as a teen to recording rap music? Slash, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'd call it rap music. Yeah, or At something. least that At first part, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, probably like a lot of little baby steps. Like, I had wanted to be a writer of creative nonfiction, but enjoyed singing. So the singing was a hobby. Uh, it's What's really, creative nonfiction? Like uh, John Krakauer? Or like like David Eggers or David yeah. Sedaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's usually like true stories in essay format but they're told with all the same like artistry that you would tell a fiction story it's like writing down the really good bar anecdote yes yeah um but anyway that shit was really hard to do you know I sent out a lot of envelopes for like the New Yorker so you but you you wrote you wrote stuff I mean Mm -hmm. you've written some long pieces like Mm-hmm. Long, long, or just like what, like essay long? Like? Uh, yeah, like I mean, I put out, I put out like a little book of them in two thousand nine, and then okay. another tiny, tiny little book uh, at the end of last year. And I'm working on a new collection now. They're short, they're slim books. But okay, so they're like collections, like collections of short nonfiction stories. Yeah. Okay, and are they from your life, or are they from, are they like stuff you've researched? Um, usually both. So like, if I'm really interested in something, I'll try to go and get involved in it, and then have an have an eye perspective I the pronoun perspective give me an example of, of one of them that you okay know. I want to not scoop myself though because there's one topic that I'm guarding I'm working on now but I don't want to fuck it up okay so um, I knew I was going to Turkey yeah and I wanted to figure out and I don't really know very much about veiling culture veiling veiling you know how women wear veils oh yeah, yeah 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 so like I didn't know any of the names for like okay what is it when it just covers your hair okay what's the one where it covers your hair and it kind of like goes around your throat as well you know like a scarf what's yeah. the one where it goes over your nose as well you know what's the one where it, it just has a little sliver of your eyes right. and what's the one where it goes all the way over with just a, a translucent Sheer mesh or whatever so the, and these are all they all have different names yeah exactly so, I just know burka and sari yeah sari is actually the Indian <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, so I went to Turkey, you know, kicked it for a while, and and I'm no expert on it, but like, have you become an expert? I would say no, but I feel like I'm an informed conversationalist, and the point isn't to write an informative essay because those exist online, right? You could just Wikipedia and figure out what the fucking difference is. But it's about your experience learning, maybe kind of, and also just like I think we end up using those veils sometimes as shorthand for um, orthodoxy. Yeah. Which we then associate with extremism. Yeah. So like we're freaked out by dudes who are with women in heavy, heavy veils. Right. And is that fucking a fair thing to do? Is that a totally unfair thing to do? Is that ignorant? Is that yeah, dude? Orthodoxy equates with extremism. I went in going, I don't understand it, and I'd like to. Okay. You know, and so I had a lot of conversations. One with a dude who's chain smoking and like is trying to fuck everybody who walks by. His name is Mario, and he's like, they call me Muslim, like you know, and in a smoker's rasp, like told me his take on the religion and then one in a hammam so it was like naked on a slab of marble was, was what, wait what, what's a hammam it's like a bath so you go okay. in and somebody bathes you oh, like a bath house yeah okay yeah turkish bath house um while he was getting bathed so i this one this was like me talking to him on the street as he's smoking cigarettes and then another perspective i was I, I got while well, oh, in a same bath guy. I different, see. no different dude because girls and men and women, you know, can't be in the same room bath of the bathhouse right, right, right. at the same so time. So you had to cut the hair and uh, 
<laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I was bathed by this woman who's like singing to me in, in Turkish and learning a little bit about veiling culture and the women around me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's very cool. And so what were you doing in Turkey? trying to maybe get my mind right a little bit after the last record touring really hard felt sort of out of it wanted some new stuff to write about too did you do did you do shows in turkey or or you just i tried i tried i met a dude i met a dude in the venue who i think i'm gonna do a a turkey do a show with next year okay yeah cool yeah have you been to turkey yeah we played like it do you i loved it it uh just istanbul yeah we played there once where'd you play i can't remember the name if yeah. you said it, I might remember it, but I might not. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, but it was a small place, like maybe 300 cap room, like this size, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, that wasn't the highlight, you know. Yeah, For me, it course. was really just about walking around and uh, looking at all the things, the Hagia Sophia and all these things. Yeah. Which were just amazing. Yeah, it was one of my favorite real different right so different yeah and it announces its difference immediately by virtue mm-hmm. of the fact that like every architect seems opposed to right angles like oh fuck tight. right right tight. everything is very very uh i don't even know how to explain it yeah neither do i but i i prefer it i think I yeah. like, why on earth would if we've got if you've got if you've got license to build in any way you'd like why did we pick this way geometrically advanced and mm-hmm. uh yeah i guess probably related to all these like you know golden means and all these kind of things scientific mathematic uh druid shit right ratios related to aliens (laughs) okay you kind of went you went past me there maybe but yeah it's it was beautiful it was a place i'd like to return so yeah Mm -hmm. um the baths did you go down there where like the like uh the the cistern or whatever yes yeah not baths i guess yeah Fucked up, amazing. Yeah. Like, t- like I, touching those pillars, knowing how old those were, like thousands of years old. I just like that kind of thing where you're like, wow. And his fish swimming yeah. be- between the pillars underground. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, are are you? Do you have a new thing that you're Dang. working on? Have you been writing like while we've been on tour at all? Or I'm horrible. I haven't. Yeah. yeah. I think I've. I think in my iPhone I have like three phrases, all yeah. of which when I return home will reveal themselves as drivel right <laughs> right you know it's hard though because we you know when you tour like this and it's like new place every day it's hard to psychically uh settle also for me it's just so much logistics like i'm still tour managing you yeah. know myself so i just try to make sure so-and-so's name is on the hotel reservation yes. and that you know just the li- that sort of shit that shit takes a lot of time and energy and it and it i think i'm also like naturally just a little bit high strung so if i'm not careful those kind of like constant urgent demands can really get me like tweaking and it puts you it puts you in your left brain like you you know you know what i'm saying it's it's hard to switch back and forth between the two so if you're used to being in that left brain you're gonna need a couple of decompression days to get out of it i think yeah i think so unless something awesome you know kind of jars you out like i like I like walking whenever there's time, you know, before yes. before set time, which is which isn't always possible, but like today here it's you know, it's still light out and being able to like see things when they're open. I think a lot yeah. of Yeah, I think in my imagining of tour, you you erroneously imagine that you're gonna be able to see a lot of the country, whereas in real life you really see, you know, most of the five blocks around the venue right after those shops have closed. That's right. 
That's you know? right. So, but that said, do you like touring? Do you- I feel medium. I think touring is some of the best and some of the worst parts of yeah. this job. Like, I mean, the opportunity to play, you know, when we played with you in Toronto, to play for so many people in a city far away from home um, and deliver a set we were proud of, that felt like... That's a feeling that's hard to was get. Was that the best one so far? Well, that's a good question. I think it was I mean, one of the two best, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a feeling that's hard to get elsewhere. On the other hand, that feeling comes at a, at a pretty significant expense. You know, like, just just bodily, even. You know, yes. like, how running a sleep debt, like, I try to be mindful of how many hours my band has had every night so that, you know, we can build in at least one really good night of sleep yeah. every four or five days. Last night was tremendous. Well, I know. Last yeah. night was our first day. Oh, my God. I was in bed at, like, 11.30. Fuck you, Same world. here. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And we had a fire alarm that woke me up at 10.30. A.M.? A.M. I slept. I literally slept that long. Shit. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. I, so, okay, let's see, what day was it? Maybe two or three days ago. I walked into our green room right before we were going to hit stage because I'd forgotten my, um, my hip pack for my what monitors. Did you see? No, no, no. <laughs> and you were meditating. Yeah, oh, yeah. Then recently, I listened to your podcast with Lord. Yeah. I had a chance to interview Russell Simmons on his meditation book really? for NPR. And I was so stunned to hear that another person like in the touring rap world was actually like fuck it I have read this book yeah and I'm gonna try to set aside 20 minutes to yeah. do this shit so do you do it twice a day are you trying once a day first yeah I've just been doing it once a day I mean on tour I've been doing it I've just been trying to do it like right before I get on stage for even 10 minutes sometimes you know depending on how much time I have but ideally 20 minutes and it just calms me and gets me so that the first three songs yeah. are like don't have that nervous energy that sometimes I'll, I'll have where I'll be kind of frenetic and kind of like is that good are you trying to I, I, yeah I mean I think there's something to that nervous energy that's, yeah. that's good in a way but it's false you know what I'm saying? Like I want to be, I want to hmm. be calm and in myself on stage, not not yeah. like <laughs> nah, nah, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but that said, if if you do a ten minute set and you have that energy the whole time, then like, I mean, it's pretty exciting. You know, what yeah. I mean? there's an excitement to it. So I, whatever. I've been doing it because it relaxes me. Mm-hmm. It it gets me into a, a groundedness, and I think it's been good. It keeps me positive, you know, and uh, not. I don't know. Just it, uh, it keeps me just you know that that I can't remember who told me that quote, but someone in my podcast be like a let your mind be like an ocean. So if a pebble drops in, it's just a tiny disruption, rather than your mind being like a puddle. Mm-hmm. And when a pebble drops in, it makes the whole thing you know s- sort of yes just disrupt. Which I like that, and I, and I feel like it, it might be helping me along with other things that I do mm-hmm. to try to. Has your touring life changed enormously over, like, the past 10 years? Yeah, I mean, you know, well, in the beginning, um, the first few tours that we did, like, big big tours, I, I was doing everything. I guess, like, what you're doing, but no merch person either, you know what I mean? Just doing everything. Yeah, because you guys don't travel with a merch person now. Mm-mm. Is it tough? 
Well, I don't. I don't even deal with merch now. I don't deal with anything now. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of got. I but I've had so many like weird breakdowns and shit like that that it became necessary. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, yes. you just do you. You need to just be. Yeah, yeah. and then so I got another. I got to have another. You'll breakdown. get there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too breakdown shy of the finish line. So you, but you have had some breakdowns on the road. I have. What happened? I that? had one even on this tour. Really? I thought I was over it. I was in Montreal. Yeah. Abby got pickpocketed. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was totally graceful about it, but you know, it's a hassle. Yeah. And then we went to try to, she went to cancel cards, and the Montreal police happened to be on strike. And, um, <sighs> and the, French people. French people. And then it was like the end of the night, and I was just one of those, you're tired, and like, my, my brain was not an ocean. My brain was not a puddle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My brain yeah. is like a pint glass full of water. And yeah. and um, we were loading up the wife. When, when that ping pong ball hit. It's fucked. We were loading up the... We were loading up... I couldn't find the... We our, our hotel said that we had been moved from one hotel to another. And then as I went to get my food, a drunk guy came and kicked my lunch... Or my Son dinner. And it just went over bitch. the wall. And there was no reason for me to lose my cool like that but it was like one of those ah, you know just from from the bowels of like the collective unconscious came a roar that turned everybody's head in the band and I was like I'm sorry I'm over did it you, sorry, did, what did, you, did you say something to the guy no he was like past talking to he was yeah, kind of like yeah, stumbling yeah. down I the street you. you know but I was just like my head against the back of the van like what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> it's not tight and then I, I came I, in the van, I was like, I'm sorry, you guys, that's really graceless. And everyone had had a hard day, it wasn't yeah. like it was confined to me, you know. But That's a, that's a quick turnaround of that. Uh, that's, you know, at least you, you noticed it, and you, you know. Yeah, you just. That's good, that's good. Are I mean, you like, did you have some, like, epic breakdowns? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, countless, countless. Like, give me, give me the shape of one, of a, of a representative breakdown. Uh... Just making threats to hotel people and, or, you know. That's awesome. Or fucking, like, airport people just going ape shit. That's like, like an arrestable moment. I used to be the guy that they sent in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, this guy's not bending. Get Yoni. Get Yoni. Shit. You know, and then I would just go. Yeah. But, you know, um, now I don't do any of that stuff and I just. Let it be whatever it is, and yeah. if, if it costs an extra, whatever it costs an extra, Figured whatever, out. you know. Yeah, I just don't. Are you ever tempted? Like, I, th I think that, like, so some of the advancing, you know, some of like the logistical emailing before shows. I, I hired someone at home to help me with, you know. So she's not on the road, but she's like killing the game, making it way easier. But like, I still book all our hotels, and I, I think that I think some of it would just be hard for me to give up because I'm so I've done it for so long now that I have like such preferences. Like, I know yeah. how to get the super cheap hotel with the pool yeah. and the breakfast and the whole thing. Yeah. Were there any parts of it that were just like hard for you to give up because you wanted it a certain way? I just try to tell people what I want. I guess. And then you know, and then it'll work. Or it's sometimes, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out. But I try. You know, now. Since since I don't do you know I don't even I don't play anything so I don't even have to like you play set shit up yeah yeah I don't have to set shit up I don't have you know like I mean I used to always help everybody do that I don't even help with that anymore I load in when I can when I'm around yeah. and I load out when I stick around sometimes I'll leave right after the set but I that leaves me plenty of time 
to take care of myself and anything I need to figure out. So if my hotel room yeah. needs to be changed or, if I, you know, any of that shit I can do. You've got time. Yeah, because yeah. I have time to do that stuff. So, And, and I worry, I, I deal with food, you know, like I yeah. have this crazy diet. So, like, I'm always, I either have to cook or shop or whatever, that kind of stuff. So I just basically take care of myself on the road. That's kind of the my... Way, but you you also have a diet situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're what if you have specifics or if it's just like health yeah and you can yeah. Fill Bo- me in. Both I think like you know eating total garbage at 23 just feels different and looks different than eating garbage. So some of it's just like growing up and trying to not eat. Well, you maintained a, a physique working on it, motherfucker. Be, yeah, but takes yeah. you know um, working on it. But like I'm allergic. Do you work out? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think naturally, like, if left to all of my own devices, it would be nothing but, like, Snickers and Swedish Fish and whiskey. And I just have, like, a palate that you can't you can't make it to 40 yeah. if you indulge that yeah. palate, you know? You have the palate of a 13-year-old cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A diabetic home alone, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah, a feral <laughs> eight-year-old. And so, um, so some of it is, like, wanting to be responsible. Or wanting to be a good steward of my own health. Some of it's political. I read The Omnivore's Dilemma by, uh-huh. yeah, by Michael, Michael Pollan. Got really into it. Went to interview him. Um, and, like, did a little tour where we visited farms. You did interview him? I did. Oh, cool. Which is, like, my big Bar- name drop. That's exciting for me, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So you work cool. for NPR, or you have? They uh, NPR hired me as a one-off to do the, um, to the Russell Simmons thing. Pollen thing was not an NPR gig. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we did like a little tour where we visited farmers markets and small farms and organic producers to like talk about what the fuck is going on with food in the country. Yeah. You know, and that's been good in some ways because it's helped. Like, it's helped remind me what my own values are, even when they're hard to live. You know. What was that for? Where can I f- find that? Ah, I'll send you the link. We just okay, got the cool. rough cut. Cool. Yeah, it'll be up soon. So, like, trying to trying to put my money where my mouth is on that shit. Yeah. But it's so, hard when you're on the road, So, diet-wise, you have some allergies, you said. I do. So, I'm allergic to a bunch of fresh fruit. Okay. It's really stupid. That I, is weird. I got that allergy at 23. So, like... How did you know? I just ate a piece of you fresh fruit. You balloon up in your it, face? It's not, like a, it's not like a, let's go to the hospital yeah. scenario. It's just, like, you look like you should lay down in a bucket of ice. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's like anything, like apples or pears or anything, nectarines or plums, stuff that you would just like bite into. But how did you know eat all of those different ones? They have a, a similar thing. In they them must. Something. I noticed just because I, I used to. Eat, I love fruit, so I eat yeah. a lot of fruit. So I noticed that those are the ones that were bugging me over the next few years. And then, yeah. and then eventually, somebody who'd been you know a dietary scientist was like, oh, well, you know, those all have a such and such enzyme in right there. some bioflavonate yeah that's fucking me up yeah mm-hmm. uh, it, but that's it that's all you're allergic to and then I and then I don't eat land I don't eat most meat okay I've been a vegetarian for a long time then my mom who was like grew up in the projects in the Bronx was like I want to be a rancher really and out of fucking nowhere she bought five pregnant heifers and I really? was like mom I love you but I was I was not very supportive at the beginning I feel horrible because I was just like you're gonna, like, you're gonna really hurt yourself you know, she like spent her career as a public relations consultant for nonprofits. Right, like, really, she's truly, what, in no her experience. Sixties, yeah. She was like, you know, she was in her late fifties, early sixties, and now she's like a fucking rancher, man. She's got like Out a in herd the, in of the cattle in Minnesota. Yeah, like like um, an hour and a half 
away in Wisconsin. Okay. So now it's like every reason that I had to be apprehensive about eating meat has essentially been handled by the fact that like I do know how it's raised because it's raised by my mom. <laughs> you eat her. You eat her meat. So I ate her meat for the first time two weeks ago. How was it? It was great. And I also a really steak? Like, it was great. I started really small. I ate like a, a little burger just in case it fucked with me. I ate a little burger and then she made summer sausage and uh What's summer sausage? I don't know, it's fucking delicious. <laughs> yeah. I mean all the games are like it's Ugh, if I had some I would share it with you. But it's amazing. But also it required me to like give up my stupid teenage like badge of yeah. self righteous, like, uh, I'm a vegetarian. Right. I had to do that. You know, I was I, I was know. vegan from the age of like well, I was vegetarian from the age of 17 until mm. 31, I think, or something, and then... For health stuff dropped it, or to, like, well, because you could now access the kind of meat that you couldn't access when you were 17, or what? I didn't know shit when I was 17. Yeah, it right. was just, like, I, I kind of went vegetarian on a dare. Somebody was like, I bet you can't could be vegetarian longer than me, you know? Mm. But it was on. It was also on that teenage, like, yeah, do-gooder, yeah. like, save the world shit, and... I don't. I got really sick, and mm. then eventually I realized that like that's not the ideal diet for me personally. Yeah, and that I'd rather myself live than yeah animals. Yeah. Like, and that's ho- maybe horrible to say, but you know, value so hierarchy. That's the fucking universe and survival of the fittest, and like you know, it had to go that route. And we've talked about how you're lean and fit. That's what you're new naturally. I've become <laughs> lean and fit. So I mean, sort of. As much as I am, I always I I don't think that when I look in the mirror. You know what I mean? Do you work out when you're on the road? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I I swam a little bit today. Okay. Um, like laps and shit, or just like dunking your friends. I'm Jewish, so I we don't really know how to swim, but a little bit, just kind of not dunking friends, just kind of meandering around the pool. Yeah, with myself. Yeah. Okay. Cool. By myself. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Do you do anything to celebrate? Did you call your mom or anything? Uh, uh, no. Okay. No, I which I don't even know which one. Rosh Hashanah is the new year, I guess. Yeah. That's that's definitely year. You're gonna tell me what Rosh Hashanah is. I think it's the new year. One of them is the New Year, the High Holidays. What's your ethnic background? I am half Puerto Rican and okay. half, half German with like a, a gypsy thing in it. Do you speak Spanish or anything else? I do, but not well enough to like want to write in it. Like enough to be like, what hey, what's going on? if we switched into Spanish right now? Can you? Sure. Sí, podemos. Un poco, pero, I mean... Okay, un poco, <laughs> poquito, poquitito. Okay, bueno. <laughs> poquitito, tito. <laughs> um... Yeah. Okay. Do you but, speak any Hebrew? No. I mean, like, what if we yeah. switch into it right now? If we got, do you speak Hebrew? No, I oh, don't. in the, I mean, I, 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 I know certain things just from my childhood. Yeah. But, you know, and so when I've been over there, like, there's certain things that I can catch. Mm-hmm. But um, by and large, no, not, yeah, not at all. I know like the prayer language or something you know what i'm saying yeah kind of what is the name of the um of the boxes that would be tied to a bar mitzvahing or bat mitzvahing person now you're really testing me here um you're talking about the boxes that have the torah in them yeah uh well let's see tefillin is the is i think the uh the the binding the binding that they use maybe that the boxes fits into that too perhaps maybe not um yeah. 
Did you, are you see, losing? Taint is the other things. I never knew that. I, I didn't grow up Orthodox or anything okay. like that, so I never knew about that. Did you grow up religious at all? Uh, my parents were. Catholic? Starting in. My mom was. Okay. She was Catholic, but sort of like a, um, what would you call it? A liberal Catholic as much as you can work those two things out. Yeah. You know? So for a while, we went to a church that was like only in Latin. You know, so it was pretty not damn liberal. intense. It was zero liberal. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we went to one that um, that was in Spanish and in and in English, and that started to get kind of you know kind of sexier. The guy mm-hmm. had like a, a diamond stud in his ear. The mm. priest is really left hot. ear or right ear. I don't know. Okay. And I wouldn't have asked. And then we ended up going to one that was like you know very kumbaya and the lots of music and they they switched pronouns every once in a while when referring to God so that's like oh, all wow. the liberal that's you get in liberal. Catholic yeah. yeah yeah and then I became an atheist as a teenager and you're, you're a, a staunch atheist now yeah still yeah I mean How are you staunch so sure? doesn't sound cool but I, I think I'm, I'm as sure as that as I am of everything which is to say if new evidence came to light I hope I'd, I hope I'd be flexible enough to reconsider that right. view but to be honest I think I hope that's true of everything I, right. If new evidence came out against, you know, some mainstay of secular beliefs, like if new evidence came out that was like, you know, evolution, when considered in light of this new evidence, doesn't look like the best account. Right. I hope I, I hope I'd say, okay, well, sh- talk to me about this new evidence. What you got, man? Right. You know. So. But do, do you, what what brought you to atheism? In right, right, right. I mean, in some ways, to me, that feels like the more natural state of affairs if you hadn't been acculturated like I imagine that we'd all be born atheists until you would might have an intervening experience that would make you think that there's something else in the universe that doesn't see or operate in the same kind of way as everything right. else and then you go oh there must be this other entity this God entity but I think that I think atheism is a fairly new idea right mm-hmm. I mean as of I don't know a, a century ago or maybe maybe two centuries ago. Mm. I mean, as a prevalent thing, because of I guess acculturation and like people growing up in in groups of people with ancestors telling them how things. Yeah, yeah. Which to me is you know it's like there's going to be mass shit that we can't explain right in in this world. And, like, I think all that religion stuff is essentially ways to explain things and ways to explain how we should live, I guess, right? Yeah, and I... Let's see. Before I say, yeah, I should think about what you just said more because that was a big sentence. I think... Um, I do the run-on sentences. Yeah, it's sneaky because it gets a lot in there. (laughs) Uh, uh, I do think that being an atheist doesn't obligate me to affirm a sentence like everything is knowable and everything can be easily explained with modern science because yeah. I wouldn't agree with that sentence there's some right. really hard shit no, maybe I, w- I wouldn't agree with you that know, so maybe it's just like like dogs can't read right? and they never will I don't think their brains aren't good for it it would be really weird if we had brains that were good at everything in the world yeah every, every organism I think that we've encountered so far seems to have some limits, whether it's of the manipulation of abstract contact, uh, of abstract concepts or of language formation or of spatial recognition. Like, I'm sure we've got our limits, too. They're hard for us to plumb because we're using the instrument that we're 
right. investigating. Right, right, there's no, right. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, ob- objectivity, it would be a real feat. But, so you're saying we just can't, we can't fathom everything. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying I bet there's a lot of stuff in this universe that is beyond our comprehension. But to me... But that, that doesn't necessitate the presence of a higher being. Right, right. To me, it... But to me, it says at, at least you got to be agnostic or something and just mm. say, like, I don't know. I would say that the kind of I don't know that I would say is the same kind of... If I'm going to ask for absolute certainty, I'm not absolutely sure of... You know, to, if we're going to be, like, obnoxious about it, like, how do you know you're not dreaming this interview, right. just so, Like, right. technically, dude, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't fucking know I'm not dreaming this interview. But yeah. for all practical purposes... I've had enough waking experiences that I'm pretty damn sure this is one of them. Yeah. And I feel the same way. That's with one the- of us. <laughs> and I feel the same way with the God stuff. So am I absolutely certain? No. Am I absolutely certain of anything? Probably not. I feel less certain of stuff as I go. Like, I used to have really strong beliefs about how different men and women are, or we're not. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. But you, you went to school for philosophy. Which is really good at unknowing things. It really, it is, I mean, I I think a lot of philosophers would agree with that. I can just hear in how you're talking, like, you you think things out like a philosophy person. Yeah, I think so. Like, I've I've forgotten a lot of what I, like, I'm really bad when someone's like, what do you think of mid-career John Locke? I'm like, I don't know, bro. Yeah, like, they're just name a philosopher, like, I'm going to know, you know? Because I think it's sweet. I mean, they're excited. Like, I studied philosophy, you studied philosophy. Let's bro down, maybe do a little bit of a pissing contest. Right. And I'm really bad at that shit because I I lose very quickly like the association of a particular idea with the guy who wrote it. That's all. But well, that's all head that's all shit. Circumstance. Anyway. That's yeah. all circumstance. But I but I do feel like I took the paradigm with me. Okay. Like when I hear a new basic idea, and, yeah, yeah. When I hear a, a new idea, I definitely test it in the same ways that I think I learned to do. In what school. do you What do you like about philosophy? Hmm. To me, it's the lens through which all other information. Enters. It feels like you get the opportunity to look at the human world from an aerial view. You know, it provides a framework of understanding for science and for the socio-political stuff and for love and for sex and for money. So that, but doesn't it, but then isn't that lens all through the head? Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're for saying. For me, it's too heady because I, I, I can't, I can't think think like that I, I have to try to live through my through my heart and gut I see what you're saying I think this is going to be dissatisfying to you but this is the way that I've decided I'm to, not saying there's anything wrong with it I'm just saying for me uh, no but I'm saying is to me it feels like when I'm thinking it through like even on a romantic thing like if I'm thinking is this the guy to commit to is this the guy to have sex with is this the guy to go on a date with like all obviously there has the to be yes. the answer is yes the answer is always is it uh, that that the, that the information there like even though I'll approach it philosophically in some ways um, and I'll do like a quick like uh, you know if he likes me way more than I like him or vice versa like what's the risk factor on this one right um, but what I'm doing is it's a heady model it's it's cerebral but the evidence none of that's heady you know I mean it's like well he's hot in that shirt but I'm hot in these boots. You know what I mean? Like right. the evidence that I'm considering is very much informed so, by gut, by heart. You're by, managing managing the heart and the gut with the head. Yeah, but very often the only items on the table, like the only inputs, are from gut 
Or and, gut and heart. And heart. But yeah. The, yeah, but I would say that yes, Which, I What's still the difference try. between gut and heart? Is that the same? I think that you're not going to like to see that. I think this is shorthand for instinct and intuition is very often gut. Yeah. But in my opinion, that is a shorthand that doesn't serve us because I think our instinct very often is informed by what used to be cerebral behaviors. In the same way that when you play guitar, when you guys play guitar, neither of us are. I'm not virtuosic on an instrument. No, I I'm think not either. But you're saying that that's muscle memory, which is actually coming. It was the cerebral. Head. It was yeah. cerebral. You just did it enough, and I think right. the same is true for moral judgments. We call it gut. Really? Right? So you I think do. because you've made moral judgments enough times and on been a certain reinforced. subject, yeah, so they've like, been reinforced, and so your gut is now just muscle memory. Yeah, from whether, your whether that's I'm gonna cheat on my girl because what she doesn't know doesn't hurt her because it's worked in the past, yeah. and all your boys said, yeah, that's good. Don't worry about it. Vanessa's a keeper. You know what I mean? Like. That, I like that little story you jumped to. That you know that that it's very real life shit. Yeah. It's not like you know heady only. You know, what what should the World Health Organization do about the Ebola outbreak? It's right. like real shit. You know, do you swipe the cigarettes out of your mother's purse because she shouldn't be smoking anyway? And besides, it's just me and friend. You know, like yeah. the kind of the <laughs> yeah. kind of reasoning you do. Like so, that all comes from past experience. You think? I think that I'll, that a good share of it. But yeah. we like to imagine that gut instincts are completely pure and they're just channeling our best instincts. And I think a lot of times they are um, conditioned in the same way that okay. a lot of our other behaviors Interesting. Because a kid, if you think about it, a kid doesn't have good gut instincts or they, you can't trust them, it's right? It's got a stupid little gut. A baby. A baby has a dumb gut. Dumb gut. Right? They'll do some shit that'll get themselves killed. Because mm -hmm. they just don't they're, they're, Yeah. Zero yeah. gut training. That makes sense. It's interesting. This, that's a whole new way of thinking about it for me. I'm very out of the head. I don't, I'm not. I don't know that I believe you. I, I'm not good at the head. I'm not, I don't, you know. Well, what do you consider? I mean, maybe that has to do with the way that you're defining the head. Right. I mean. I'm good at the head, but not oh the head. Oh, my God. The, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I don't, I feel like the best decisions I make are, are when it's just split. Hmm. Well, give me an example of a sh couple shitty decisions that you've made for, with your head. And my then a career, couple career stuff. If I let something linger too long and I, and I think about it too much. Hmm. Uh, you know, like, but man, so it is. It is hard to, to differentiate the gut yeah. and the head because almost it becomes a head decision when you don't instantly make it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. So sure. then, it, then it goes. There's into, a temporal aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you can define all this stuff because you know about the philosophy stuff. And in some ways, I feel like one of the biggest disservices that philosophy did was to name everything with such douchey hard words. Because then it makes it seem like philosophy right, isn't it's, daily practice. It's right, not it like it becomes academic. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I, I honestly do think that everybody engages hard with philosophy. It's just in different lexicon. You know what? And then if I think about it in terms of writing and stuff, see, okay, what about writing? What about you, writing? What do you use between your gut, heart, and head, and where do you use each one? Where does each one come into play? Well, okay, so I've already acknowledged that that let let triumvirate. Yeah, I'm using those words because you're using those words but I would never use those words so, so in my head I don't heart. have what's a, the heart then I would say I would say it's for me it's just more binary like there's it's not the the gut thing it's yes or no no it's like it's like there's the cerebral thing and then there's all the other shit the passions if you're gonna be platonic about it or the heart or the you know but I wouldn't separate the heart and gut okay for me so it's kind of more binary I think sometimes I don't know I, I find it a little frustrating that I can't describe to the quantum unit detail of how writing works but for me sometimes it feels like there uh it's almost like running a magnet over a dish 
and it's like and some shit comes up some shit just comes yeah like you know you imagine like something light like um iron filings or something yeah. like jump up to the magnet from the sand whereas throughout the course of every day there's a few phrases or a few images that announce themselves as having artistic merit right and then I'll collect those and then later make a mosaic of them or like the paleontologist who sits with little bones and then puts together the so what I would say and I, I work in very sim- same way I would say that that initial thing yeah, is, is a heart and gut thing. I would and, say heart and gut too. I would. I and would. then that, and then the, the when you're sitting down scientifically putting it together, that's your head. I would agree. That's what I. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but both are very necessary. Mm-hmm. But to me, without that initial, th- the initial thing is what you can't really learn. Right. Maybe you can. I don't know. I guess I. Well, okay. At some point, you and I couldn't do it. We were stupid babies with baby stupid guts. Right. Right. So that's true. What happened to you? How did you? How did you find? I it? I have no memory of being like, "Here's how I learned it." I yeah. know what you mean. It feels innate, but I'm just saying, at some point we couldn't do it. Right. So does that mean that even if it was self-taught, that it was taught, or does that mean that it just bloomed in us, like, you know, the same way your hair grows? You don't have to do anything. I don't know. And and I think that both of us have gotten better at it. So how do you yeah. get better at? It? That's true. I mean, but I think part of it is just being a better discerner, right? Yeah. Sure. And also, I think you get your you have the opportunity as you go to like become more familiar with the standard mistakes that, Making, uh, that other people can make. Yeah, mean? and 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 you too. Like, yeah. okay, this is what maudlin looks like. This is what unduly syrupy and sentimental looks like. Right. Okay, I can recognize that now as like a place not to go. Yeah. You know, here's you, what have you written things that you oh, that you feel are that yeah. way? And I think probably like I know when my my sand traps are. Yeah. You know? Which are what? I would say maudlin. Um, I would say unduly um, indignant. What's, ma- in my what's maudlin? Like Almost sentimental. goth. Like, sentimental like, goth. Oh, like, oh, you know, just... <laughs> it's like the way that you would imagine someone's... Um, I don't know, like diary reading. Almost like... Yeah. Uh, providing too much weight to your feelings in a very yeah. big world. Yeah. You know? Um, not really sizing stake like what's at stake here answering 10 times as much as you should like a boy broke up with you boys will do that every day to everybody a girl right. broke up with you that's a thing I think I think that for me I, I I also that is also a sand pit for me sand trap for me and how I get around it is humor yes totally and and self-deprecation which I'm trying yeah. to get out of that character but it's it's a, it's a character that is very familiar and easy for me mm-hmm. to fall into uh, because in many ways emotionally I'm still a teenager hmm. and like why well, are you still emotionally a teenager you just didn't grow up I mean I just some Peter Pan shit I mean I'm, be- I'm I'm getting more and more better now I can't see again that's me self-deprecating that's me like that was you in character in character oh that's fucked up which is fucked up because I don't know where it ends exactly but yeah you I was gonna ask like do you are you ever off yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm off right now, but that's you no, know. you're not. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect, no, you're not. You're doing, you're performing a podcast. You think so? Yeah, uh, maybe if to this an is, extent. Yeah, maybe to an extent. Maybe you're right. You I mean, I mean, I don't know. Even I mean, even I think like obviously you're not on stage. You're not you're yeah. on your own stage for something. Yeah. But like the idea of answering a question or asking a question in your case without any regard to the impression that that question or answer might cultivate, yeah, I think it becomes a very difficult thing after you spend a lot but, of your life on stage. But we also do that 
in real life. Just in re- like if I was sitting here talking to you without this, I would still be c- concerned with how whatever I ask or or say comes off to you. I think you're right, but I'm just saying that even, and I would also be concerned, yeah. but I think that our degree of concern is magnified. The, I really do. Recording. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, you, right. if, if, you, if I kick it with my musician-y friends, yeah. you know, I feel like I can notice a cultural difference than when I kick it with my writer friends and yeah. a larger difference still than when I kick it with my family at Thanksgiving and a yeah. larger difference. And I think the mindfulness of how this plays, how this next story is going to work, how it's going to hit. Right. Is just elevated by a you know a really large factor. Yeah, I in think a performing right. community. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and which makes for great dinner parties and assholes. Do you know what I mean? Right, like all my right. friends. Like, I feel like any of it you could videotape, but it's, but it's, and it's a great two hours. Too, right? But it's exhausting, yeah. and we're and everybody's got these weird little dark, creepy personality coves yeah. that never get sunned out. Right. I. I, I mean, yeah. The the those. But there's so many different me's. Or mm-hmm. use, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? For anybody's, yeah. Like you're just ex- saying with different people, but then there's the lone you, which is like stripped out. Then there's the lone you that, there's the lone you that's comfortable, then there's the lone you that is mm-hmm. whatever, feels insane. In yeah. Somewhat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at some point, did you meet some people? And, mm. and, and, and as far as like getting it to rap, Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess I never answered that at the beginning. So I wanted to be a creative nonfiction writer. Then uh, my best friend Jacqueline took me to a poetry slam. Okay, okay. You know, and so that was my route. It was kind of like prose prose work, knowing that I, I didn't know how to make any money from that. Yeah. Then poetry, which all of a sudden, even though you couldn't pay rent or anything, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, you can make 50 or 100 bucks. Like, that's pretty cool if you win. Yeah. Uh, so I... I won a, like a competition there, and then unbeknownst to me, in, in Minneapolis, like, in Minneapolis. like they, at a bar, whatever they have a thing. They had a thing in a bar. I went to one. My best friend was like, "Dude, I think you could do this," and I was like, "I think I could kind of do this too." So I wrote some poems. Went the next month, and I won. The two important facts that I didn't know before winning were all the good poets are out of town on a show, okay. and second, <laughs> that if you win, you have to compete for one year for the Minnesota Slam team. So all of a sudden, I was kind of like you were in this thing, dunked into this thing. Okay, yeah, exactly. And you were part of the team, and they compete around the country like nationally. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys do good? Medium, medium. But I had a chance to see like, um, dear Dessa, lest you be confused about your current level of talent, like this is what real talent looks like. And they were they were killer. It was insane, and I, I feel it feels weird to say that now because, although I sometimes see slam performances that still floor me, I think some really unfortunate conventions came up in that mode of expression. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some 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 uh, things that you can um, mimic. Totally, you know what I'm saying. And I think, unfortunately, I mean, it's a new or you know, parody. Yes, yeah, or ape or whatever. And they and because slam is competitive, a lot of those things that are least interesting aesthetically are also those things that very often earn high scores because they are immediate. So if I yell really loud okay, or if I talk about a highly charged trauma in my life right, or in a right. friend's life, for a variety of reasons, those are going to score well. Some of it has to do with guilt on right. the judge's part. Like, I don't right. want to score... I don't want to score a molestation poem, Loa. I'd be a total asshole. Totally. You know. So I think a lot of um, a lot of unfortunate conventions have come up in that. But when it's done well, it's a powerful. Did you form. Did you ever fake it? And and oh, since sure. you figured out that that code, did you ever like fake? Then a poem? yeah, I mean, well, there's that also just like that kind of lilting, interrogative, neo soul declarative, and I am right. a woman, you know. Yes. And um, that's that turns me off. And, but but does it work? For points, I've seen it work. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it work. But 
who uh, who were a couple like oh who were really good that you saw and you were like this is totally unconventional yeah awesome. I think the first one, the first one I remember I forgot his name because I stood up so suddenly and was so moved that the cocktail table that I had been sitting behind um, flipped oh my god yeah and so I, every like memory of that night was erased Did you I was catch like, it? no I, everybody's <laughs> drink like the whole was horrible and then Sage Francis I competed against him and okay he's a, obviously an MC also in the underground universe and and he's a hell of a writer and a hell of a performer just generally, right? So it was interesting to see. Was, he was good at that? Yeah, he was really good. Okay. So he was on the team for another state and for Rhode Island, I'm sure. Rhode and, Island. Yeah. And so he came and, you know, we competed at the same bar. And I, I hadn't heard of him yet as a rapper. You know, yeah. I didn't really know what was going on this in the rap like, scene. This is like, what, 02 or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh was really excited. Oh, wait, this guy has, like, records. Yeah. You know, why does he have records at a rap show? You right. Know, what's this guy's story? And then um, there's a guy named Reeves who I I still watch. He's a favorite writer of mine. He teach his day job is that he teaches at a deaf school, and uh, he's a hell of a of a writer. And he has an understated performance style, which to okay. me was a, a real kind of breath of fresh air. In that. Right. That's just his and name, that. just Reeves. Yeah. Okay. Reeves. Yeah. So if people are looking for ways to burn through twenty minutes, I would suggest looking him up. Cool. Yeah. But, and but you taught as well too. I know that because Sarah Winters, who used to be in Y, mm-hmm. was a student of yours. W- what did you teach, and where did you teach that? I used to teach at a school called like a vocational school called IPR, and then I moved to McNally Smith College of Music, which is in St. Okay. Paul, right next to Minneapolis. I I, I wrote that into uh, a song for this fan we were doing these songs called golden tickets that was like a fan yeah. could win one yeah and then we sing the fans theme song and she went there so i put that into the holy cow holy shit i didn't know that her name was amber tolrud amber did you ever have her? i don't know i did have an amber although her last name escapes me now. she was like a recording student i don't know if okay you taught, i might not have been you, you probably taught what singing or vocal? writing writing okay yeah yeah okay yeah Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a fun It blew job. my mind when I found out that Sarah... Yeah. I I think I must have said, what? Like, four times to the person who was talking to me. It was Did so you cool. just... You... you, uh, you didn't just show up at the show and she was there. You, you Someone told you about it. I th- yeah, someone okay. told me about okay. it. And then, I, and then I saw you guys at the Varsity. Okay. Uh, Minneapolis venue when you guys were on tour. And I was Did like, we play at the Varsity? What's the Varsity? I can't remember. Or you mean the fine line? I do mean the fine. Oh shit! I got some the fine line. Venues. But there is a varsity there. There is in Spain. But we I saw you almost played there. Okay. Um, I was like, God, Christ, that's Sarah fucking. <laughs> and it's such a different, you know, it's just such a different, different form. Yes, yeah. I mean, nine thirty in the morning and like calculating how people do on quizzes. Then you see right. them like rocking it in a very like cool dress. Yeah. You know, on stage, it's like, holy yeah. shit, it was cool. That is cool. Yeah. How did you get into that teaching? Somebody hit me up. One of the instructors was like, "Hey, would you be game?" And I was, I was reluctant because they were a fan. Oh, uh, I think it was like, yeah, like you know, you have good lyrics, and and um, and I do like a speaking circuit sometimes in the in the Midwest. Like I do, I was doing like guest lecturing on other stuff. So like, okay, you know, you're a communicator. How did you get into the, what? How do you get in the academic world? That's I like it there. I like it there. Do you? I don't think yeah. you do. I think I would. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy it. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into the academic world. I'm just asking about Like, how, why? Yeah. yeah, I mean... Not why, how? Oh, how? So they just called you up? I guess, oh gosh, what was the... I'm trying to think of, like, what was the actual point of entry. 
Um, I think it's like one of those deals where, you know, if, if a professor knows you and you go into their class, which I'm sure you probably get invites now, like, would you only be able to come in and talk about whatever? That if you do a really good job, that word spreads really organically, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. for a while, I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, oh, cool. Yeah, well. And then I was like, fuck, I'm going to write up a curriculum. And I made a list of speeches that I could do confidently, you know? Okay. And then um, from that, I got asked to do the Nobel Peace Prize Forum, like, keynote the what it sounds a little fancier than it is but there's like a conference in Minis- in minnesota okay called the nobel peace prize forum okay. where unrelated to the real nobel no peace it's related <laughs> okay yeah it's a copyright infringement <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah. to uh, trademark <laughs> anyway former laureates come and okay. you do some speaking and like future peacemakers so anyway so i did a, a speech there and then that what are these speeches about that one was called art and ethics oh, it was called mike lines art and ethics and hip-hop but it was like talking about hip-hop as a force for social change both good and bad okay homophobia and sexism and awesome empowerment of otherwise disenfranchised populations okay so like is hip-hop a force for social change yeah is it all good i don't think so right some of it really awesome i think so some good some bad yeah yeah so i just shared lyrics and talked about what my experiences have been and okay and you, mm-hmm. uh, you and you feel confident. I'll be so nervous. I was, I thought, dude. I thought a I was shaking, and I was like, all these motherfuckers. Because there's some of them, like you know. I hope that my career is still on a, on an ascent. Yeah. It's like if I see these motherfuckers and I use their lyrics, as like so this guy's. You're using famous rappers. Yeah, shows, yeah, 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 yeah. Most of them, well, well, outside of my orbit. But one yeah. or two of them, like, I have to be ready to have like a. Super weird conversation or duck. You know what I mean? You're talking shit about someone's homophobia. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm calling it out anyway. Yeah, you know. Um, and I was just like, I mean, there was what our publicist at the time represented. You know, some of those people, and I was like, I'm gonna get dropped. I'm gonna right. You know, you're afraid for your career. I was also just like, I said it immediately in the speech. I was like, I'm not a hip hop scholar. I never have been. You know, I'm a hip hop practitioner. Yeah. So if you if you preface it with that, then they, they yeah, I'm that never makes you gonna impenetrable pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's what I don't I think. know. That's I hope I, I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. After that, then I think because it had like an online presence, I got you know some some more calls okay and would you what would you like to see your future look like you're still on the ascent right you're you, so. you haven't dropped off in terms of record sales it's only gotten better and your audience is only getting larger um you're bolstering these shows a great deal with your audience and um what i'd like to see i'd like to I don't know. I think it's frustrating in some way. Right now, I'm trying to figure it out, which is like in part why I went to Turkey to be like, what the fuck do you want with your life? Are you getting any of it? That, was, time for that it? was just like, what, last year? Yeah. It was After like, the uh, 2012 album? It was like in May of okay. this year I went there. But I think in part, it feels like I'm making progress, but the rate of progress is not sufficient to ever deliver me at my destination. So I either have to increase the rate of What's the destination? Progress. I want to be a major contributor culturally who can work across media and who has a brand that's bulletproof enough to be portaged across disciplines. So I want I want to build a rep that when I put out a book or when I do a monologue tour that I've got a meaningful ground soul of people who say, I don't know what this is, but I trust, I trust her, her to only work in excellence. You'll get there. You know? It sounds like, I mean, you're, you're already working at multi, multidisciplinarily. If that's a word, I think and it's close to. I think I think it's just more. I think it's, it sounds crazy. I think it's just more people. Like money. If someone was like, "Hey, Dusty, you could make 
$40,000 a year and have a million fans or make a million dollars every year and have 40,000 fans? That question would be very easy for me to answer. Okay, but, but, but like, they, they're still increasing. Yeah. So, but how old are we? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say, you're a lady. I'm not, you're not, oh, supposed sure. To I'm, say 30, a lady's I'm, age. I'm, I'm, so I'm 33 years old. Yeah. So, that's I'm a lot. Of, that's a lot of time to continue making music, but it's less time to like you know look and feel healthy like on some six week van tours for sure while tour managing for sure yeah 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 I hear you so you're you're feeling a little bit impatient I'm feeling under the, the gun for time yeah that's that's well said yeah because what forty looks like death uh no not also I'm just like. I am aware that death is always on the horizon. I will be frank about that. Yeah. But also, nothing's promised. Like, if I get hit by a car today, I don't know. I. You don't feel like you've done enough impact? No, certainly not. Not yet. Not yet, I really don't. But that's don't. good. Then you feel like you're still over. working forward. Yeah. But I think also, do you, do, do, well, I'll ask the question, do you think that, that you're ever impinged by that thirst? Do you feel like your true creativity is ever like a couple times I do I think it's been undermined or threatened or something because I'm worried about how it'll play yeah yeah and I, I, in some ways I think I'm starting to put up a partition in my head like am I willing to write a poppier song it's almost like being a politician yeah 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 about. it's yeah you're right it's like you know I, I imagine maybe you get the same question sometimes but people will say like well you know why don't you ever write a pop song or like it's cool that you never write a pop song. And I'm just like, I try it. Motherfucker, time. I thought these were pop songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, you know what? But that's <laughs> but, what people like about you is the uniqueness. Like, sure, but I mean, you know. but like, my, okay, so I, this last record, there was a suggestion to do a radio edit that would have really, really changed one of the songs. But I'm going to make a quick aside. Is it hotter in the Sprinter than any Sprinter's ever been? It's, it's hot. It's getting serious for me. It's been hot. Maybe you've just been asking. It's been questions. hot since the beginning. Yeah, I think I'm making the, I'm making it boil in the here a little on. bit. Um, okay, so it was a suggestion to do a pretty significant radio edit, and it would have kind of scrambled the meaning of the song. Yeah, and I was like, that's not fucking tight. You know, I hate that idea. Yeah, and told it to my dad. You know, and he was being all dad and you know second martini in or whatever he's like i think you should do it and i thought i was gonna get like a high five for not compromising right, my values right. i was like what and he was like you know that song by simon and garfunkel uh you know hey mrs robinson do you know what the original lyrics to that song were i was like no it's like hey mrs roosevelt well you can't write a fucking song about oh, the president's wow. wife but if we if they hadn't made that concession we wouldn't have heard their other stuff you know right and so i do think about that a little bit more but you know, in the beginning, I was like, I only wore boys' clothes, and um, I was so apprehensive about anybody thinking that I I was given a special break by virtue of being a woman, you know, that I'd take care to only wear clothes in which you couldn't really detect I was a woman until I started huh. rapping, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized that in some ways that seemed to be as much informed by industry expectations as if I wore a swimsuit. Like, if you're dressing up say, with an eye towards sexuality of meeting other people's expectations like in both instances you're probably suppressing your native comfort level so you you want everything you want <laughs> you yes. want to be you want to not be a mind without a body floating in right. the universe <laughs> right. delivering only excellence in in any medium that's better than i could have said it but that's exactly what i was saying yeah you know I, you probably will have to make some concessions here or there or right. my suggestion 
would be to not make any concessions and just be yourself and actually say fuck it to all that stuff and let it all go and it'll be whatever it is but it'll be better when you're dead you know what I'm saying mm. do you mean like my mood <laughs> no I mean your art will be better when you're dead Sure. because you haven't made concessions you've done it yeah. exactly how you wanted to do it yeah, but yeah, yeah. whatever but I feel like an audience is important to me too so if someone yes. was like hey Dessa you have the opportunity now to make like with any producer with any set of collaborators the perfect record um, but no one no one will hear it I would say cool I'm gonna go get a different job yeah because to me it is a communicative it platform. is a communicative platform it is something that that's the purpose for it right why are we mm-hmm. doing this if not as a way of weird yeah like uh, ba- like backlogged communication that people hear four years later yeah totally <laughs> expression and so part of me is like I'm not interested in saying I'm gonna make all my songs popular but I have thought about like can I write one pop song mm-hmm. and then drag everybody back to the weird shit right I mean that happens people do that like I I you know, a lot of artists have done that. But pop songs, I think, are way harder to write than people think that they are. Very true. Because I, I like pop. Even it's if, just hard. Even if they seem simple. I mean, I listen to pop music. Yeah. And I've tried to write pop songs, but I think, in a way, um, my personality always comes out. Which, yeah, and it's is, not a pop personality. Not a pop personality. Yeah. I don't have a, a palatable mm. way of being. You know, it, it's palatable mm. to a very specific kind of person you know sure and see and that we've, we've gotten that audience you know that's a good point yeah i feel like i'm willing to not strike out i only want to swing at my pitches i just want more pitches right. does that make sense so like, yeah. i don't need to win everybody i just it would be so cool to just have more people given the opportunity to hear it to decide if they like it because there's nothing i'm going to do to make you like it if you don't like it all right. i can say is best of luck on finding something that you like do, I'm, I'm not it. Do but. you stress on all like the business shit, like yes. like and like feel like do you scapegoat certain things or certain people? I know like, the numbers for these fast up. shows. You don't know the numbers, I'm sure, for these fast shows. I don't know the numbers. Five hundred and eighty. Yeah, of course. Like I know, them. <laughs> I know, them. I know them. And I mean, I used to like because I used to keep track of like weather. Okay. On my spreadsheet. Okay. You know, so it was like, I know how many paid in advance for every show. I know how many um, walk up in every show. We have, you know, try to activate as many street team members as we can. Um, I know what the differentials in, like, advance tickets versus day of tickets. And part of that's just, just help next time through. So, like, if I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, for every ticket that's bought in advance, one more is bought day of. Right, so you don't stress about it as much. Yeah, or it gives me, like, a good read on it, and I can tell the club that, too. Because I want to, I want everybody into it, and that means... Fans, it means the strangers who are there trying to sleep with a fan who just came to the show hoping to get lucky. And it means the bartenders. I hope that they get tipped well. I hope that the club wins. I want my band members to win. I want the spouses of my band members to feel like it's good work that they're leaving home mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. You know, I want my manager to get a healthy cut of whatever the fuck I'm making if he can help me win, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a lot to think about, though. I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably a lot not on your shoulders. Don't yeah, you feel like yeah. that's a lot on your shoulders? Yeah, no, I say it out loud. Like, I can't. Yeah, it is a lot on my shoulders. But that's how. I mean, yeah. I look. I relate. I feel the same way, and that's why I gave a lot of that stuff up. Like, yeah, I used to think about all that. You know, I mean, I, I can probably remember numbers from two thousand three. Hmm. If you were to ask me about that, I probably could remember some of those. But, Do you make better work? Like, could you feel your work getting better after you gave up the business shit? Um, I I haven't really made a record yet. 
but I think it will get better. I mean, I'm still at a point where I'm really trying to release myself of all expectation and all like thirst and just like, it, mm-hmm. and I say trying cause that stuff's still in me, but like, and, and just because we have declined and not in, not, not in ticket sales actually, cause our shows are just as big or bigger than they've ever been. But, but everybody's declining record sales when they've been I guess that's as right. long as I guess that's are. right. Record sales. And then, you know, like, the last one wasn't as critically acclaimed as as ones before it. How Do you read that? I did. Some, I kind of am stopping now. I feel like it's time for me to not think about that shit at all. That's what I'm saying is, like, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, really yeah. come from... And not that with that one I was trying to uh, uh, appeal to the masses or anything like that. Um but maybe I, I was a little bit safe with certain aspects of it. Yeah. That now I feel like I'm ready to get... And we'll, we'll, we'll close up shop in just a second. I'm just making sure that in our delightful conversation, I'm not like In our delightful conversation, about <laughs> nine texts. Okay. Um, I'm through a great video. Okay. But, but yeah, I, 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 so I think that like my goal now is to learn how to enjoy my life without without the desire for something more because i also feel that same shit that you're saying like you know it's not happening fast enough i want i want more people to be aware of me so i can just you know i guess just make more of an impact yeah Yeah. but like that's like it's it always that's not how good work gets made that's not how good work gets made and also the expectation always rises with the level that you rise so every every level that you rise you always thirst for the next level and i'm realizing that already because i'm already on a level that i never would have thought i would have been on when i was starting to do this at, at 18 19 like i had no idea you know what i mean and if i and if you were to tell me that like Oh, you know, you're gonna sell, you know, five fifty two in fucking DC. I never would have. Yeah. I never would have thought that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like now, that's not that many people to me. Now that's yeah. like not enough. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I do. So my goal is to forget about all that shit and and just really be in it for the art of it and try to do that. There's so many things that complicate it, though. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So are you working on some now? Yeah, I mean, I am, you know, working on stuff. I don't know what it's going to become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of being, being, trying to be loose and relaxed about it and not, not think that everything that, that I touch, I have to put on white gloves before I touch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-mm. I'm trying to just like let, let any kind of grime, whatever it is, like kind of go back to my roots really, actually, which is just like not really being too perfect i guess Mm -hmm. in some ways but just you know having the intention be there or something what about you looking forward to your next one uh what's your next thing i put on i put on some white gloves you do i did for for um i have like my first this is gonna be fancy i have my first like debut coming up at orchestra hall with a choir oh you're doing it like that okay then i'm gonna take the gloves off and drink whiskey at the bar next door (laughs) you know but um but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a you know it's a short piece. It's a couple. Yeah. It's essentially like a couple of pop songs, but it's a really big choir, and um, and a chamber orchestra, 
and I'm excited. Like I'm excited to see what works, what I'm not good at. I, I like arranging vocally a lot. So you arranged in the choir? I arranged it with a lot, with help. You know, I worked okay. with an arranger too. So I just like I don't read music, so I just sang out all the parts. Yeah. You know, and then I can't sing in a bass register, so I had some help, like trying to figure out what the fuck they were supposed to do. But yeah. did the sopranos, the altos, and the tenors, and um, put it together for a hundred voices, and we'll see how it works. That's so cool. I'm super stoked. I am stoked. And you're singing the lead. I'm gonna do the lead. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's badass. I'm excited. I love it. You know, I so it's, it. it's not like, hey, here's how my career is developing on a straight line, but I'm gonna have a lot, fuck, a lot of fun that week. So. Well, see, I mean, so what you're saying is you're already, you're already living that life that you that are I'm describing. Want to live. Yeah, you are. You're doing a bunch of different things. It's just like you, you, you want more. You want more of this or that. But it's pretty awesome where it is now mm-hmm. too. You're right. And it'll get more. That's what I'm saying. Is like if you stay, just doing doing it, like it'll, it'll grow. naturally grow. Maybe I don't trust that. Maybe that's why I'm so worried. And I'll, you know, because there is. Well, Pretty you know hat. it already. There's a lot of. How long are you from your past release? Well, do you yeah, know that? yeah. For every, you know, whatever. Like twelve oh. months after the first twelve months, Best Buy takes like five percent less than they took last time. All of those little formulas that run around in your head. Crazy, it though. does. It yeah. does. And a fucking good song is a good song. You can't fuck with it. That's and, like, right. Worry about writing it, and then yeah, I know you're right. But that said, you probably wouldn't be where you are if I you weren't a hustler. Say that. Too. I feel like if yeah. I if I hadn't sweat the numbers, I don't think yeah. I would be at orchestra yeah. hall. Yeah, you you, I mean, yeah, you need both, I guess, to 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 a great extent. But have to balance them regularly to make sure that you're not. You don't want to drive yourself crazy because that's not the part you love, right? Right, right. Although I think I like it most. I think I like it more than most artists because I find okay. I think there's a lot of art sometimes, and like I love deciding how to announce things. Yeah. You know, and like maybe we make a special image. Maybe we tie marketing it. Marketing art. Yeah, sort of. But marketing and, is art. You know, marketing is art, but I feel like it. Particularly when it's something I believe in, then it yeah. feels more like, you know, it doesn't feel like the douchey connotation that marketing can sometimes have. Yeah. I'm not trying to fool got, anybody. No, into anything. I, I got I'm trying you. to, yeah. you know, so just trying to demonstrate the the appeal. And so I like getting into some of that shit. Yeah, you know. Okay, I should probably go to make sure I'm. Yeah, supposed yeah. To be on stage. I've been sitting here with Dessa. Margaret In in uh, our Sprinter van in Pittsburgh, yep. Pennsylvania. Say bye to these folks. Bye, folks. We sit in the car outside your house and, and I can feel the heat coming down I go to put my arms around you Give me a look like I'm way out of bounds yeah. That I would have your board size And lately when I look into your eyes I'm going down, down Heading in the studio here. I'm gonna get into this stuff. Make a beat. Make a little. Just make. Just play a little beat. I've been listening to all this. Uh, the early like Bob Marley like ska stuff. Really raw, you know. Uh, sort of poor sound recording. I mean, it's, it's like late '60s or something, early '70s. So uh, I, I, I'm feeling okay about that, and that's why I got this A track out. I think it's gonna be real nice. I don't know where I'm going first. Uh, I, I maybe I, I got some congas, new congas, and I got some drums and different things. We'll see. We'll see where we go. Thanks for listening. Follow Dessa on all the social medias. She's on there. 
You can follow me at Yoni Wolf on everything. You can email me at the Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com or you can donate to the podcast on PayPal via that email address, the Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, it, it's much appreciated when you do. Also, you can find, oh no, you can't. Shirts are gone. I'm going to make a new batch though. I'm going to make a new batch. And uh, maybe a new design. Look, oh, ooh, let's do a little contest. If anyone has a, a dope shirt design uh, for the Wandering Wolf podcast, send it to me. Let's see, let's just see. Let's just see what we get. Let's just see what we get. You can send it to the Wandering Wolf podcast at gmail.com. Maybe I'll bring this up if I'm serious about this. I just thought of it right now. If I'm serious about it, I'll bring it up next week, or I'll tweet about it, and we can see if anybody does anything. I think I'll be serious about it. All right, you guys, that's it. I'm going to get into this shit and let you all get into your lives. Again, like I said, it's just about accepting the present moment, just accepting it for what it is and, and, and thinking of the smallness of yourself within everything and, and therefore realizing that you're just a, you're just a, you're just, you're just a fucking cog no not, not like that but you're, but just that you're that you're small in a good way and you and you interact uh, with the universe in, in, in your very small way and it's all good it's all good you know we're all tumbling through space it's all good all right and I don't mean to sound preachy or like I'm reaching for something uh, beyond my understanding. Because, yeah, it's all beyond my understanding. But it's beyond most people's understanding. I think that, that Einstein had some real times of, of uh, understanding and, and feelings of ecstasy, right? I imagine. Um, okay. Anyway, you guys, great week. Enjoy it. Keep chilling. And keep also uh, wandering around. Bye. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Or something like that. Can you more more? Looks like you're breaking with both hands. Get the spirit level of the skeleton won't stand. Fuck the plan, man. I'm trying to call an audible, probable lost cause, but I gotta think for long shots. Yes, yes, they say it's got the wrong job. Best bet when you think they got the wrong odds. And I've done some living in the glass house. I know who the motherfucker was of. And I sleep with both eyes open, standing up, alone and holding up the rest. I'm still living by my maiden name, the name I came with, the name I made, and I'm 
masquerade through the flask Before I came because night falls We all wanna hear that fight song Call rhythm like a nylon right song Time's right but the clock's wrong Never said it, never settle in the time zone Take what I need with me Break for rain, a brace for whiskey Something in the tank, money in the bank Calling it a win, we give a little thanks Give a little back, busy with the grand plan Take one last look, left the bandwagon for a band book To break out you gotta give up the chase To make love you gotta take off the brace And we all leave it feeling half done Best you can do is just put a hand up Hope, race, and good works in the end add up Find out when the pendulum hangs plump Thank you.